Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a podcast from Bright City Church. For more information, visit our website, www.brightcitychurchuk.com or find us on social media at Bright City Church UK. Good evening. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Word Up here at Bright City Church. It's great to have you. Uh, those of you who are joining us, hi, Jay, hi, Dee, Anne, and... Uh, anyone else who's there. Uh, it's good to be here. We are. We've got myself, Pastor Akin and Ben uh, with you again. And uh, really looking forward to getting into sure. Revelation chapter three again, uh, where we left off from. And um, yeah, I just want to sort of something I felt uh, to really remind everyone. This phrase that comes up time and time again, right the way through uh, these letters is, um, and, and it's where we left off last time. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. So so the Holy Spirit is speaking through these words, the Spirit. And, and I want to also remind you, you know, it says in the scripture that um, the man without the spirit, without the spirit of God, does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God. They're foolishness to him and he cannot understand him. They are spiritually discerned. Things that are taught us not by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit. And so I just want to say and remind everyone, listen, folks, you know, these things, the spirit of God will teach us and show us. It's not about um, it's not all about, you know what the academics might think here or there. The most important thing is that we hear in our own spirit as well, what is God saying and that we obey that. And, and you are able to discern, you who have the spirit of God, what God is saying. So uh, any comments on that uh, before we get into the word? Pastor Akin, I see you sh nodding your head there. And uh, <laughs> I know you're in agreement. I know you both are, but... Yes, what I just wanted to do, just to, to say to that is like, you know, you know sometimes as we're walking, working through this, you know, this, the seven churches, what the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. is saying, you know, it might sometimes people might find it a bit, uh, including myself, we might find it a bit daunting to take it all in. But as you've rightly said, you know, it's it's hearing what this what the Holy Spirit is saying to us as individuals. Yeah. And, you, you know, it's it's so important that, um, you, know, you know, the basis of this is our relationship with, with the Lord, isn't it? Yeah. And it's it's how much of, of the word of God that we take in, how much time we spend in prayer, how much time we spend sharing with other believers as well. And that's where the, the Holy Spirit will be able to, if you like, quicken to us as individuals, the areas that he wants us to work on. And um, so rather that, I guess, rather like you've rightly said, rather than just trying to study as an academic exercise, as it exactly. were, just to see, yeah. you know, this is what the, the, you know, the Holy Spirit says to that church and this church. You know, it's, it's more like, what is he saying to me? What is he saying yeah. to you as an individual? Yeah, and, it, and, and it's the Spirit of God is the only one that can bring, you know, he can bring that conviction. You know, he also brings the peace. You know, he he's it's, it's, it's all, it really, like you rightly said here, it's mm -hmm. listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying to us, yes. you know, because as it says here, to the church we are the church aren't we yeah and so it's we it's, it's listening right. to yeah. what the holy spirit is actually saying to us yeah. and he's the one who you have you said will give us the power to uh, apply what he's saying to our lives as well thank you yeah and uh, let's pick it up then from verse seven to the angel of, of the church in philadelphia write these are the words of him who is holy and true who holds the key of david 
What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews, though they are not, but are liars, I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is to come upon the whole world to test those who live on the earth. I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will he leave it. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the angel of the church in Laodicea, write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I've acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realise that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so that you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so that you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline, so be earnest and repent. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. There it is again and again. Right, here we go then. So we're looking at the Church of Philadelphia and hopefully we'll get through and finish with the church in Laodicea. So what do we know about the church in Philadelphia? Um, ben, do you want to kick us off? Uh, what, what, what do okay. we know about this church? Well, Philadelphia, uh, it was was on like a hillside and it's about 30 miles southeast of Sardis, where we were previously. It was founded in 190 BC, so that's, uh, uh, that's 190 BC before Christ by a king called Italius, king of Pergamum, which is another church we looked at. And it's called Philadelphia. Those of you that know about the, the American city of Philadelphia, it's, it's called the, the city of brotherly love, which is what Philadelphia means. It's so named because this King Italus was devoted to his brother. So hence the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia. Oh, 
and it was it was like the most important uh, route um, uh, trade route in mail route called the Imperial Post Road. The the church there in, in uh, Philadelphia was probably the the fruit of, of Paul's Ephesian ministry in that area. You know, we've got a, a church established possibly by Paul, uh, and on, on like an important trade route. So quite quite an important uh, prosperous city. Um, and prosperous in, in the sense that, um, as we read, or as we'll read, when uh, John starts making uh, parallels between what they have and what he, what a true rich is, they were quite um, prosperous in, in the areas of, uh, sorry, no, I'm, I'm jumping ahead of myself. No, yeah, I'm that's the church of Laodicea, possibly, yeah. is it? Yeah, but on an important trade route. So, yeah, on an important trade you know, route, absolutely, yeah. Um, they're prosperous, but yeah, I'm getting ahead yeah. of myself. <laughs> no, thanks, Ben. That's great. Now, we, we, we begin again with the characteristics of the one speaking. These are the words of him who is holy and true. Jesus, again, you know, uh, describing himself, really, yeah. uh, holy and true, who holds the key of David. And then again, sort of speaking of this, the key, the keys, and we think of the keys to the kingdom. I give you this, the keys and, and he said, what he opens or what I open, nobody can shut. What he shuts, what Jesus shuts, nobody can open. And we think of, you know, that authority, um, mm. that authority that, that God has. Um, going on there, it says, I have placed before you, uh, Philadelphia, an open door that no one can shut. What um what do we think uh, this might mean, Pastor Akin? Do you want to pick up on that one? Yes, yep. Thanks, Pastor. Th thanks for that uh, background information there, Ben. Yes, it's always great to to, to get an insight into that. Yes, uh, what what um uh, the commentary I came across was um it was it was interesting that this city of, of Philadelphia was it was set up as to be if you like an an outpost or a, a missionary ascending center for the uh, furtherance of the of the Greek culture. And so it's it's quite interesting that um, you, you you know that where the Lord is talking about I've set before you an open door. It was um, again the commentators were saying that that open door was an opportunity for the preaching of the gospel. So it, it's it's quite possible that like as Ben has said, you know this was an important um, city in terms of the trade routes. So going in and out of the city, maybe the roads had been set up or whatever the trade routes were at the time. Mm -hmm. And so um, it, it, it had been set up for, it's just interesting that it had been set up for the fervence of the uh, of the Greek culture, but then God then used that, you know, all of that set up, all the roads, and I don't know what systems were in place at that time that made it to be, um, uh, you know, convenient for that particular purpose. But then this open door, God now says, right, I'm going to use all of these things that have been set up as an open door for the fervence of the gospel to take the gospel um, I, I know along these trade routes into mm. these other cities and, and communities that needed to hear the gospel. So the, the open door was for the preaching of the gospel to empower yeah. that particular church, you know, to um, to take the gospel into other parts of the world. Great. Yeah. And, and it's going on that nobody can shut. So yeah. there's a sense there, isn't there, that if you will apply yourself to this mission that I've placed before you, you know, nobody will be able to stand against you. Nobody will be able to resist you, even though, mm -hmm. you know, people, there'll be the resistance of maybe persecution or things. And yet the gospel will go forth. I think of um, Joshua chapter one, you know, as you go forward, nobody will be able to stand against you. Take the ground that I, I'm opening up for you and giving you. 
And then it goes on to say, I know you have little strength, yet you've kept my word and not denied my name. What What's that talking about, do we think? I think of this little strength compared to, we know that in the other churches, there might be some who are wealthy and saying, we've got lots of things and got lots of, and yet it says, I know you have little strengths. Ben, do you want to pick up on this one? What what uh, What's being said here? It's little little strength is meaning that uh, in themselves, like being a kind of fledgling church, if you like, um, as it goes on to talk about the opposition of the Jews uh, in the culture of the Romans, you know, they, they probably felt quite small uh, in a sense that sometimes, you know, we can get kind of absorbed with our own churches and know what we're doing uh, and kind of seeing what we're doing well, what we're, what we're maybe not doing so well. But then you get the picture of, you know, that you're part of something bigger. And mm-hmm. I think what you're saying here, you know, you you feel you feel small, but actually you're part of something really big. And just heading back to what he said about being the, you know, the doorkeeper. Um, he's saying to them, you know, I've got the keys of, of death and Hades. I've, you know, it, it, it's compared in one of the commentaries that, you know, he's he's talking about one of the key holders of Hezekiah's kingdom, who had the authority to um, usher people into the king's presence or deny them the king's presence. And it's like, I've, I've got the key and I, you know, I've given you an open door. Uh, and it's a lot of like what we've been pre- has been preached at church. You feel small in, your, in yourself, in your circumstances, but know that you're, you're part of something great and big. And the, the one who holds the key to everything is in your corner, you know, and, he, and he, not only that, he, the door is open for you you know yeah. so you you are powerful you know even though you mm-hmm. may not feel it yeah you you've kept my word not That's denied it. my name. you you are you're doing you're doing it right yes amen, amen. yes yeah, so there's that again that sort of assessment from god is maybe quite different to what the world might assess as to what's powerful and good and doing well even church wise and and uh, we know that even when we look at the next church, it says, you know, you, you seem to have it all. You, you think you're wealthy, you think you're powerful, yet you are naked, blind and wretched. Um, and, and, and yet here we say, look, you, you think you've got little strength or, you, you know, and, and you're not very you don't seem very consequential in your own eyes or possibly in others eyes. And yet you've kept my word. You've not denied my name. You know, there will be people come and fall at you, your feet and, and acknowledge I have loved you. And so, yeah, here we have that assessment. We think of, you know, small churches even around, maybe small churches you know, in this nation, small churches that they're not the mega churches. They're not um, uh, they haven't got all whatever we might think of the uh, the sort of attractive things in the world's eyes. And yet, if they're like you said, Ben, being faithful and and doing the business, you know, uh, they are mighty in God's eyes. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on. Yeah. So so we better look at this thing. Um, those who are of the synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews, though they are not, but are liars, I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Just want to pick up on this because a lot of the church commentaries, a lot of the church would equate this, if you like, to Judaizing kind of Jewish folks who are coming along and and, and almost... uh, maybe 
sort of trying to take the church back into a a Jewish kind of um, way of, of 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 you know pleasing God by following the Jewish ways and this sort of thing. Uh, and 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 that is in fact you know a very sort of prevalent interpretation of this as we've we've touched on this before and yet it might not be quite as simple as that i mean we've also just to mention that there were people who did pretend to be jews because being a jew you had certain kind of benefits even in the in the roman kind of kingdom you you were allowed to do certain things. You were allowed to worship without too many difficulties from the, the Roman authorities and certain benefits of being a Jew, interestingly. You know, I think we've got to be careful. It could be that there were people saying that they were Jews when they actually were not Jewish people, um, and were, but were pretending to be Jews. Could quite simply mean that. I know a lot of the commentaries uh, would say that they're claiming to be the Jews, people of the, the house of God. And yet, because they're spiritually not born again, they're not true people of God. But actually, if you think about that, why would they claim to be Jews? And yet, but they're not real Jews. Um, you, you know, it, it's um, it's actually quite um, a sort of controversial uh, statement, obviously. And we think of the synagogue of Satan. Come on, then. What what have you uh, picked up in your commentaries, or what do you think yourself, gentlemen? Who wants to take it away? <laughs> well, I've had a look at the um, you know, it's the, when we looked at Smyrna, uh, it, it talks about the slander of the Jews, and again, the synagogue of Satan. And again, it's probably like seeing Christians who are Jews, you know, expelled from the synagogue because they're they're embrace embracing of Christ. And again, you know, going back to what you said, Ian. You know, there were some of them probably maybe were false Jews, and it, it says in Romans, a Jew is a Jew inwardly, and and circumcision, which is the mark of a Jew, is a matter of the heart, and, and is by the spirit. So again, you know, you have got these uh, people that claim to be the people of God and reject Christians, um, reject Christ, maybe. Yeah, reject Christ or reject Jew Jewish people that have embraced Christ, but you know, Messianic Jews. Mm -hmm. And they're claiming to be, you know, we're the people of God. We have the history and they do. They have the history. They have the honor. They have the prophets and everything. Mm -hmm. But their eyes are blinded to Christ. And so they're rejecting, you know, uh, the, the, the the true belief. And that's what God said, you know, about the Jews. They will be blinded for a time. Again, as, as we go on, you know, it will say, you know, these these people will bow before you one day, even though now they're they're rejecting you they're persecuting you they i will make them come and bow bow before you it goes on to say in um yes in one day they nine. will acknowledge that um, i have loved you is yeah. it verse nine yeah verse nine isaiah it says in isaiah uh, relates directly to that it's like i will make them come and bow down before your feet the sons of those who have afflicted you shall come bending low to you and all who despised you shall bow down at your feet you have been forsaken and hated but i will make you majestic forever uh, and you know it, it ties right up with that they'll make them come and bow down before your feet and they will learn that i have loved you and they will know they will, one day the jews will know you know the the jews that hold on to that history and the rejection of christ they will know that jesus is their messiah uh yeah. and be yes. much weeping but yes, you know right, this is yeah. this is what's being said here I, from yeah. the, what i've read and what i uh, see great 
Thank you. Wow. We, we better not stay on here too long because we want to move on. I know there's lots more could be said, but thanks. That was great, Ben. Verse 10, since you have kept my command and endured patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come upon the world to test those who live on the earth. This is quite a statement as well. And, uh, you know, this, we, we, let's have a look at this um, briefly, but it's since you've kept my command to endure patiently. Yeah, so I will keep you from the hour of trial that is to come upon the whole world and test those who live on the earth. Now, I know that those who teach and believe in, if you like, a pre-tribulation rapture of the church, um, you know, taking away of the whole church, that uh, they would use this verse of one of them as, as a kind of, um, you know, a backup to their theology um, that, oh, yeah, I you know, God is going to remove the saints before the trial that is coming upon the whole earth. You know, it seems there is something in that. They, they, you, you could argue a case for that. And yet, what does that mean? Does that mean only those who've endured patiently and kept the command faithfully would be removed and the rest would have to endure with the, with mm -hmm. the world? Um, you yeah. could argue or, that or, way. Or does it mean that... <laughs> you know, I will spiritually protect you and keep you during that time of trial. Because if we look right through history, you know, that that a mark of being a follower of Jesus Christ is going through trials and tribulations, isn't it? And yet That's there's it. something. Anyway, come on, I've said enough. Uh, who wants yeah. to come <laughs> in next? Go on, Andrew, go on. Those, Pastor Ian, are the, uh, are, are the two viewpoints, aren't they? One is that those that endure, they will be taken up, they will be taken away, and so they wouldn't have to go through this hour of trial, as it were. And the other one is that the, the law will actually preserve people to go through this um, time of trial. And so um, we've got those two those two viewpoints. We can't go through in detail what they what they what they both mean. But I I, I just believe it's like you've, you've rightly set the tone right at the beginning after they listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. You know whether you are going to be be taken away from this time of trial or whether God is going to preserve you through it. Like there's a shaking going on the in the earth now, but um, it's not a, a shaking that Christians should be afraid of because as long as we are being faithful to the Lord, to his word, as we've been reading here, he's going to preserve us through this time of shaking, even though he doesn't take mm -hmm. us away from it. I, I guess in, in one sense, Pastor, we should also look at the fact that is it possible that, you know, let's, let's just say, for example, there is a church, everyone is enduring and some people are taken away and some are preserved to go through it. You know, which, one way or the other, does it, as, as long as we are faithful to what the Lord is telling us to do, I, I think that that should be, you know, that should Our be focus. enough. But the important thing is, yeah. listen to what the Spirit is saying, and that's not jump on, I don't know, one or the other, as it were. Jesus <laughs> said, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. So Jesus kind of, one of the commentaries I was reading was like, well, that's what Jesus said, you know, I'm not going to pray for you to come out of the world, but I'm going to keep you within it. And that's like the other viewpoint, isn't it? Absolutely. Jesus kind, yeah. Of, yeah. Jesus kind of drops the mic on that one. <clears throat> yes. If you as well think, um, you know, who is this letter speaking to? It's it's the pres the church at the time in Philadelphia who had gone through, you know, Nero's persecutions and, mm -hmm. and would have um, seen that they might have even been undergoing them. Maybe maybe you've got some info on this. You've got the various emperor's persecutions. I think maybe Domitian's 
persecutions who was 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 the emperor present at that time uh when this letter was written <clears throat> so persecution were were happening there and then so what did it mean to those people you know i'm going to i'm going to keep you from the hour of trial mm. or is it keep you keep you keep you protected within you know get you through give you that spiritual protection so you don't uh, lose your salvation so i am coming soon hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown again there's that there's that persevering holding on it's it's a theme that runs right through scripture doesn't it it's the finishing it's the staying mm-hmm. it's the perseverance and persevering which again there's a grace of god for us to do that you know we we can't do it in our own strength but it's nevertheless very important that we do um oh and and says he who overcomes he who Mm. overcomes to the one who overcomes to the end rachel my wife was was preaching on this this morning and uh that overcoming he has overcome and we will overcome as we Mm. overcome and choose to overcome so verse 12 what do you make of this one um him who overcomes i will make a pillar in the temple of my god never again will he leave it and i will write on him the name name of my god the name of the city that of my god the new jerusalem which is coming down i will write on him my new name who wants to pick up on this one this is um this is pretty amazing the um the church in philadelphia is is one of the things that marked that area was earthquakes uh, interestingly that you know that they kept, kept having to rebuild and they're all, yeah. always in fear of earthquakes and again john's harking back to saying you know to the one, the one who conquers i'll make you a pillar a pillar in the temple of my god talking of permanence and you know maybe in the time in the in the fear of shaking from an earthquake he's talking about permanence you know pillars and uh permanent things and, and and especially that the the description of a pillar and then he speaks about uh having the name of the city on you and and the name of a new name and all that kind of thing but the the whole thing that you're not only accepted and you're allowed through the open door as a believer and you 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 know you're allowed into the kingdom of god, of god you actually become part of its structure you're you, you know it says you, if you overcome you become a pillar in the temple you begin yeah, yeah. you know the temple the church uh and you become part of that permanent structure you you actually you know embraced into its very structure um, yes. as a believer so it's a, a great little insight there yes, from what it's yes, the language you're using yeah. pastor akin what, what yes same i read up on, on the on the earthquakes and um as ben rightly said a lot of the times when they, when there were earthquakes in philadelphia the people would, would leave the city they would run into the countryside until the earthquake was uh, over. And when they would come back, a lot of the times, the only things that would remain of some of the structures were were the pillars. And uh, as Ben rightly said, there there is this um, element of God's strengthening, of of God bringing stability in the life of of those believers who, um, who, as as, uh, Pastor Rachel was saying, had made that decision to overcome and to be overcomers, that God was going to establish them 
and give them that stability and that strengthening. And uh, when it when it comes to the to the names, um, you know, it's it's a bit like when when you're at school and you, you know you get that uh, you know that new pencil case or whatever it is you get to school and you know your mum or dad they write their name on it, they write your name on it, so people know that you know, this belongs <laughs> this belongs to Ben. You know, don't touch. This is the property of Ben. And it's the same way that when God is saying that He's going to write all these these new names on yeah. us, that uh, it's it's it, it's a sign of his ownership on our lives, mm. a sign of the, the future that we will have in him. So he's yes, putting this yes. new name, these inscriptions on us. He's like his name, you know, his new city. These are my people. Mm. You know, these are, if you like, my pillars in, in the new Jerusalem that's to come. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's this, um, you know, there's the, the comment I was reading, it was, it was trying to give us this issue of ownership, about God's ownership mm. of us, that because of the, the faithfulness of, of these believers, that God was taking um, ownership of them. So these these are my people. It's almost like though he was showing off. And I think they were saying that in, in Philadelphia, they in some of those temples and, and uh, buildings, they would actually inscribe the names of prominent citizens on those pillars. Oh, so yes, when you yes. went into those buildings, you would see their names. I think sometimes you go into buildings around here and it says so-and-so was opened by this prominent person on this date, that sort of thing. And it's saying that that was a bit of like God showing off um, about these these uh, citizens of his that, yes, you know, <laughs> he wanted the whole, he would let the whole world know who, who they were and what, what they had done and that they belonged to him. Yes. And if you think of the new <laughs> names, you know, he says, my new name, the new name of the city of Jerusalem, your new name. There's these new names. I, I think of behold, I make all things new. And this will mm. be a new, just a whole new age, a new, new sort of dispensation, new time, won't it? Where we'll have, you know, everything will be new, new nature, new kind of creations in, in that sense. A whole new universe almost. Yes, we'll have the millennial world, you know, the millennial time here on the earth as it is. But there's a time when everything will be new, totally new. And uh, even um, Ezekiel refers to, you know, the name of Jerusalem being changed mm -hmm. from Yerushalayim to Yehovah Shammah, meaning Jehovah is there. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I, I, I came across that in a commentary I was uh, <laughs> listening to. But yeah, everything new. Laughing, well. laughing to myself about um, Jay, Jay, my wife, is actually a, me a member of the Picture House in Ashford. And as as a oh, part yeah. of that, the first 200 members get their names on, on a scroll on the wall or carved into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Did she get forever, on the first 200? Forever she will be yes. permanent in the <laughs> <laughs> but you know that that whole ceiling we're going to see later on about you know the mark of the beast we see in ephesians about the seal of the spirit and the romans talks about the seal of the spirit mm. uh and what Aiken just said about being owned it says in uh I think it's, yes. it's romans where it talks about being bonds well bond servants but the word is actually slaves bond slaves uh where you know a slave would give up his life and say you know i love serving my master they say i'll do this for the rest of my life and they're marked by an earring through their ear and it's like they're forever you know they are marked as a bond slave like like we're it says we're slaves of righteousness to, yeah. to the lord um mm -hmm. and in the same way you're sealed it's all about the sealing isn't sealed. it the seal. yes yes being sealed. sealed with the name being sealed with the city yes. um and having the mark of of the lord on, on you as as we'll see later on in, in chapter seven Jay's just um, assuring us that uh, even though her name is written on the picture house, 
her name is also written in it was written in God's heart first. Okay, Jay, that is a relief. That is a relief. Her name is written. Yeah, absolutely. Great one, Jay. Right. So we, we now move to the last church, the final letter to the the seventh church here. I just want to say that uh, regarding the church in um, Philadelphia, there was nothing negative about that church that was said. No reprimand, even though it was, you know, had little strength and yet God was pleased with it. Here we come to Laodicea, however, who was a church. Uh, again, these are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. So we have more attributes of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wonderful. I know your deeds. So again, to every church, to every, and let's apply that to every one of us. God truly knows. He knows all. He knows um, all about us. So that's uh, sobering. That is, uh, I know your deeds. Now we go into this. You are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were either one or the other. So there's something here, because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. This is very, um, this is very vivid imagery, isn't it? Wow, to be spat out of the Lord's mouth. What does that mean? We'll come to that. But because you're neither hot nor cold, what, who wants to pick up on this? Um, what, where's this coming from, this imagery? Go on, Aiken. I know you've done some. Uh... We, we spoke. We spoke about this. We spoke about this earlier about the the water. So um, it was interesting that this particular city, they um, the, the the source of their water came from some hot springs, and um, in in the commentary that I was reading, it was saying that by the time the water had actually travelled along this aqueduct that they had built and had actually arrived in the city, it the water was lukewarm. And obviously, if, if anyone has drank lukewarm water before, it's not the the best temperature to um, you know, to drink water. So uh, as soon as the, the, you know, the church here would have heard these words, that would have immediately resonated with them because they knew like unpalatable lukewarm water was. And so that, so that was the, um, that was the, if you like, the natural source of the water for this particular city. I guess in, in terms of what the, the Lord is saying to them here, yeah. it's like that they're, 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 being neither hot or cold. Well, I mean, that we, we know that the Lord wants us to be hot. That, that's the kind of uh, passion and desire that he has for us as his people. It's, it's red hot. Mm. You know, we, we saw, I think when we were reading chapter one, when John saw him, he said his eyes were, were like blazing fire. You know that that's the that's the Lord. He's 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 passionate about everything that he does. Passionate about all the things that he ever did when he was on the earth as well. And so to find um, a church where they don't have that passion, but at the same time they also don't have a if you like a total um, if you uh, maybe you can call it a disregard for the things of God. So they yeah. they have if you like one foot in the kingdom and one foot out in or one yes. foot in the world. So yeah. there's a lot of compromise going on there. And so God is like, like said, I don't want you to, you to be fully for me. Or even for, I'd rather you were fully against me than at least I, I know what side of the, you know, of the line you're on. Mm -hmm. But at the moment, you're, you're trying to straddle this line between, you know, the church, you know, honoring God and serving God. And at the same time, you're, you're trying to satisfy what's going on in, in mm -hmm. the world and to honor people in the world and to yes, honor the things yes. of the world. And in doing so, you're not honoring anyone. You're, you're just you're just yes. in the middle of and doing nothing. Hot or cold is, yes. is, is a big issue as far as the Lord is concerned. Thanks, thanks. So, Ben, why do you think um, Jesus would say, look, I would rather you were cold than halfway? Because we would think maybe in our natural mind, 
oh, well, at least it's better than being totally cold. You know, it's, I'd rather you were cold or hot, but in the middle is, is absolutely useless to me. No use at all. What What's all that about? Well, there's a deep well here, really, that goes back to the founding of the church that, mm. uh, you know, they're wavering between between opinions like lukewarm makes like you say it makes you in the middle so you're neither and the the church of Laodicea was about nine miles uh, from Colossae uh, in Colossians it's Epaphras who's gone to Paul and said we've got a problem here and then he writes the book the, the letter to Colossae but Laodicea was had the same kind of compromises going on which you know results in all this you know the hot nor cold wavering between two opinions uh, and what it what it is 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 the the good the good old Gnostics raising their head again, which was a philosophy that kind of looked like Christianity very much so, but wasn't Christianity. Um, that was basically saying that that, that God uh, the God that uh, the Christians worshipped was an inferior God who had made an inferior world, and he was a created being, uh, which relates right back to the beginning. Here it says the words of the amen the faithful and true witness the beginning of god's creation firmly establishing a, a, a kind of a statement against against that 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 heresy um from the gnostics which uh you know is still prevalent today actually saying that you know jesus was a, a god were created beings and us as humans can attain you know that kind of thing by shunning the world and gaining knowledge was the same heresy that was rife here and like I say, it looked like Christianity, but it wasn't Christianity. It was a oh. opposing kind of philosophy encroaching on, on, yeah. on what, we, what we believe. And, he, you know, he's saying to him, look, you, these are the two opinions. You're wavering between this, this Gnostic thing and the true belief. Kind of like make your choice. You can't have like a, a mongrel religion where you're a bit of this and a bit of that. You know, this is the mm -hmm. truth. I am the truth. Yes. The amen. So you be hot or you be cold. But if you're going to be like that, I'm going to spit you out. You know, that's the, the kind of history behind this mm. whole this whole thing to these churches, which is really interesting because it takes us back to the geography of Revelation. You know how Revelation relates to the book of Acts and how the churches were established and all, all that kind of thing. Yeah. And obviously, you know, the water, the lukewarm water relates to what Akin was talking about, the, their water supply in, mm -hmm. uh, in Laodicea. Yes, thanks, Ben. I think of that, um, you know, just being a part, just um, a part in, part out. And that is such a dangerous place as opposed to, you know, if someone is totally away, totally backslidden, totally, you know, it's almost like they're in a place where they can repent. They can, you know, they, they, if, 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 um, if they turn to God and, and realize that, that where they are, you know, there's, it's almost easier to repent. Whereas somebody who, you know, mm. is kind of part way there, they're almost inoculated um, against the truth. They have a little bit of it. And so it's very hard for them to even see their kind of spiritual uh, poverty and to, mm. to admit to it. So, yeah, it's a very dangerous place. And I think, um, it, it speaks to us today. It speaks to the church in the West. It speaks to you, you and me. You know, if we if we just go through the motions of um, going to church and and um, you know being a, a follower, but we we're not really you know all out for God. We're not um, all in. It's um, it's a very dangerous place to be.
and then we're going on to i mean we're, we're we're going to run out of time to really look at this issue but it says you say i am rich i have acquired wealth and do not need a thing and and this again relates to um we've got the natural and the spiritual so what what, what do we know about um laodicea it was a, a wealthy wealthy place wasn't it i think ben you were saying that uh, they were known yeah. for their wealth known for certain certain industries there that were that were big like banking for instance uh wool production of of uh you know clothes and things and medicine especially eye medicine um and again you know john is great just like paul did at, at mars hill he t it takes things in the area and says look you're you're a center of banking uh wealth yet uh you know I want you to buy from me gold that is true riches. You you make uh, wool and you're very industrious in making clothes and stuff, but I want to clothe you in white garments uh, that cover your shame. Um, and you know you're um, you're a, an area where medicine, especially eye medicine, eye salve is well known and and used. But I want to give you eye salve that will make you really see the truth. Yeah. So he's, he's speaking into the, their industry and their area and saying, look, you know, you have these things in the natural, but there's so much more yeah, that I can give you in these areas in the spiritual. Great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I think we need to pick up on this next time as we, um, we will come to the end of uh, chapter three next time. But here we again, again, we have this um, great danger of associating kind of material wealth with the blessing and favor of God. Now, that's not saying that it can't be that. It doesn't mean that. But if you if you think that is the end of it, that is the the most important kind of um, part of the way that God blesses you. It's so dangerous. And um, we can even see it's something that is is rife in the church in the West today. Um, this sort of what we call um, prosperity, the prosperity gospel. And we see it in, in certain places and it's a real danger. And it can lead to, you know, great pride where people who have wealth or even big and wealthy churches look down on those who uh, are not materially wealthy. Or and, and we saw, didn't we, from the last the last church that, look, you, you, you're considered weak and, and yet I know you are faithful. You have kept my word. Here is one that has all the riches in the material and think they are rich and, and everything and have acquired wealth. And yet in the in the proper true judgment that comes from the Lord, that comes from the spirit, you are pitiful, wretched, naked and blind. And so um, we'll pick up on this next time. <laughs> Cheerful topic, eh? Uh, <laughs> but it's the truth um yeah yeah and and the thing is as as we know that he says i love those i love i rebuke and discipline so when the mm. lord brings these things to us to to open our eyes it's because he loves us so much he does not want us to be deceived but to really mm. experience the true blessing of Amen. of knowing him so, uh, yeah, Pastor Akin, would you um, finish us out in prayer? Uh, it'd be nice to respond in yes. prayer. Amen. Yes. Um, Father, we, just want, we want to thank you for your words. We want to thank you for the truth. 
We want to thank you, uh, Lord Jesus, that as you have said, that uh, it, indeed you are the amen, uh, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. And uh, we do pray, Lord, as, as Pastor Ian mentioned right at the beginning, Lord, that we you would give us those ears that hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. Yes, and you'd also give us the ability to apply your words to our lives, Lord, that our words might enable us, your words will enable us to be those overcomers that you want us to be in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Lovely to see you all. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Dee, and uh, everyone else who's joined us today. Have a great week. Thank you, Ben, and thank you, Pastor Akin. Great uh, insight again, as always, and we'll see you next time. Good night. God bless. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.